Welcome to Interventional Mindset Weekly Roundup. Uh, this week, we're, we have, once again, Dr. Priya Gupta and Dr. Daryl White, and we're talking lids and ocular surface. Um, the, three, the three pillars we feel like in an advanced anterior segment practice include ocular surface disease management, cataract and refractive surgery, and advanced glaucoma therapies like MIGS. And today, we're focusing on the news in ocular surface. So, Today, we're going to be talking a little bit of generic restasis and a little bit of new treatment for Demodex with Tarsus. So, um, Daryl, why don't you kick us off? You can go in either direction, but I think there's some hot topics here we need to cover. I agree. I agree. So, let's, let's start off with Tarsus because this is, a, I think, a super positive uh, development. Uh, Tarsus just completed enrollment in their phase three, their second phase three trial for TPO3, which is their anti-Demodex medication. Right, Lodolaner. Right. Uh, Am I saying that right, Lodolaner? I, I, I think that's the wine that Priya's drinking. <laughs> there, you uh, there you go. It's, it's going to be a confusing thing for us enophiles here. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, Demodex is this scourge which everybody has kind of ignored and pretended that it wasn't a big deal because we really didn't have anything to do for it. Um, you know, you could ask people to scrub their eyelids with a tea tree oil containing solution, but eh, you know, it sort of kind of worked ish. Um, maybe 30 to 40% reduction in the Demodex burden, but the phase two trials from Tarsus for TPO3, Lodolander, um, were, I mean, they were ludicrous. They were, they were so good. The results were just unbelievably great. And this comes on the heels of what, what I think is one of the most brilliant kind of clinical stories and setups for market success that I've really seen in my entire career. And I've been doing this for two years. Um, the, um, they they found research. They didn't they didn't uh, do the research. They didn't commission the research. They found research that showed that if you have cylindrical dam, uh, dandruff that's in contact with the lid margin at the base of the eyelashes, which you know there are so many definitions out there. Let's just call them collarettes. Let's just make that the definition of collarettes. But if you have collarettes there's a 95% chance that you have Demodex. So it's pathognomonic. It's the easy button. No more plucking eyelashes and looking at the squealy little ugly things that are basically farting and regurgitating gunk. You know, you don't have to do that. It's there. So if their phase three, their second phase three trial reads out the same way the phase two trial does, it's it's as close to a slam dunk as literally anything that I've experienced, certainly on the medical side, in through years of being an ophthalmologist. Was so that weird. thirty-two it's years, Daryl? Yeah, right? like I feel like it gets muffled every time yeah, you add that yeah. number in there. Yeah, you know, it's, I'm hanging out with you, you kids. I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to keep up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you know one of the most amazing things is. Like you don't know that something's a problem until you have a treatment for it. You know, it's such human nature. Um, I've looked as all of you have looked at, you know, hundreds of thousands of eyelids at this point. And it's to me really cool that um, Tarsus is sort of helping us develop a new habit um, of, you know, having the patient look down and looking at the look lashes. At the floor. Yeah, look at the floor. Exactly. It, and it, it really does work. It's amazing how many people have of their eyelids such that you don't see the base of the lashes very easily. 
And, you know, as someone that ends up getting a lot of ocular surface disease patients, this is way more common than we think it is. It's in so many patients out there. And I just, you know, think about all of those like kind of tough cases where you're wondering, you know, what else can I try for this patient? Why is, you know, uh, this anti-inflammatory medication not working? So I'm, I'm hoping that it's going to be um, a, a pivotal key in a lot of these patients. Yeah. And, you know, as a cataract refractive, I mean, we all do cataract refractive, but that's kind of my primary bread and butter. You know, we see a lot of referrals and these patients are coming from a long ways away and they might get to our clinic ready for biometry, ready for their cataract evaluation. And, you know, they've got severe ocular surface disease, some of which might be, you know, being caused by Demodex. Um, and so treating their blepharitis ahead of time, um, getting their eyelash, their lid margins tuned up, sort of doing a, you know, a, a tune up before they are referred for cataract surgery, I think is going to, number one, um, it's going to be more convenient for patients because we're not going to have to turn them away or tell them like, hey, sorry, you know, we're going to have to start this treatment. And you're right, Priya and Daryl, you know, we didn't have great treatment before. So um, it's almost like an infestation that there was just no cure for. And so, you know, Tarsus has assembled, I have to say, just probably one of the most amazing teams of, of people pre-launch that I've ever seen assembled. It's like the Avengers. Um, I had dinner with some of them uh, in Aspen a week ago, but like just looking at the quality of the team and the quality of the product, like this, this is a company to watch. And um, I'm just so excited that we, like you said, that we have something now that is going to be a silver bullet, in my opinion, for Demodex. And uh, kudos to them for all the hard work, uh, for being really, really smart in the way that they've approached this problem. And uh, as long as I don't have to uh, do flea collars or anything for my patients, I think we're going to be, I think we're going to be in good shape here. So I'm really excited think, about this. Yeah, I, I don't think it would go over well if we had to put that little uh, bit of ointment on the back and the scrub. <laughs> the yeah, no, I don't um, think, no. you know, for this, I would consider it because Demodex is a, is a real problem and, um, they, you know, kudos to them for, you know, creating a, a solution for it. Yeah, so. We should, we should note that um, IPL works for this. The challenge with IPL, of course, is, is access. And the vast majority of cataract refractive surgeons don't have IPL that's easily accessible. And on top of that, if you've got someone coming from far away, the uh, like everything else with IPL, the magic is in those four, that batch of four treatments that loads the anti-inflammatory effect. It's just not practical from a cataract surgery standpoint. Right. But having a topical medication that is that appears to be super, super effective. And it looks like it's going to be the easy button. Um, and then from a business standpoint, if, you, if you're looking at it from a business proposition, and um, I, I, I'm a consultant for Tarsus, and so I can't buy the stock. And, but if you're not a consultant for Tarsus, and you want to look at it and think about the business proposition here, you know, there's no cure for this. It's a six-week eyedrop course that people who are affected are going to have to do multiple times. So it's not a one and done. Um, but by the same token, once you've done that six-week course, the effects are just dramatic. So I, I, you know, again, hats off to that team, hats off to the research group. Um, we've got some, some, some very, very close colleagues who work very closely with them. Uh, I think uh, Liz Yu has done a great job 
and she just joined the board and and she's been a real mover over there so a lot of lot of people who've done a lot of good work and uh, should give us all a lot of confidence in where they're going to be taking their yeah. their product yeah absolutely and uh, Daryl, I know you have um, strong feelings about generic restasis, but I want I want this is today's National Women's Day. Um, so uh, first of all, I should have said that to begin with, um, we are all indebted by um, having so many amazing smart colleagues. Um, and so hats off to all of our female colleagues. We love you all. Thank you for bearing with us and being patient with us um, and teaching us. So I just want to say that. But Priya, will you tell us a little bit about your take, and then we'll get Daryl's take on uh, generic restasis uh, coming to market because it's a little bit of a shakeup right now. Yeah, holy smokes. How many years has it taken to get generic restasis? Five years, yes. I, I mean, it, as somebody that gets asked every single day by multiple people, is there a generic for this product? And, you know, and many patients lump, you know, the different anti-inflammatories into the same category. It is shocking, you know, that there really has not been anything. And it makes me, you know, wonder, I don't personally have any clinical experience with the, the new generic restasis, but so many questions. Can people tolerate it? You know, what, how are, how did they make it? It, it took five years. So, you know, the uh, Endura vehicle of um, branded restasis is, I think a, a lot of clinicians feel like that's the secret sauce for stasis and it's a very good vehicle. So it's going to be, you know, very interesting to see how patients tolerate it. Um, but more than anything else, you know, something that is actually a pain point, I think in all of our days is, finding access for patients. And so, you know, if this molecule comes out and is priced in the same way as Restasis, Brandon, that's gonna be disappointing, I think, to the, you know, perhaps to the clinicians, but very much so to the patients. So, you know, my, my quick one minute take is, is all those points and I'm, I'm keeping an open mind and being a, a glass half full person. <laughs> and as hoping you are, it Priya, means as you are. more people will have access to it over time. Now, Daryl, just tell me what the real story is. <laughs> yeah, give it to us straight. <laughs> so sadly, I'm going to bust that bubble oh, right out of the chute. How did I know? Um, <laughs> so, first of all, it's, you know, we, we should get our definitions down. Um, I'm, I'm a big definitions guy. If we define the terms that we're, uh, of the things we're going to discuss, the likelihood that we're going to have a really, really productive conversation is so much higher. This is not generic restasis. This is not a generic in the same way that latanoprost is a generic. You can put latanoprost in any vehicle you want, and it's going to work exactly the same. It is the, it's, that, it's a unicorn among generics. Restasis is a medication in toto. It's not just cyclosporin. It's cyclosporin 0.05% in the lipid emulsion that we know as Endura. It's of a whole. The new generic is not generic. It's 0.05% cyclosporin in the myelin lipid emulsion. We have no idea what that means. We have no idea how that's going to function as a medication in Toto. We know that the Teva version in Canada is basically wetting the bed. It's just not doing anything in the marketplace. Why? It doesn't work. 
I've chatted with a bunch of uh, Canadian ophthalmologists who do ocular surface disease stuff, and they say that they have uh, symptom breakthroughs where they weren't having breakthroughs on mystasis, and that people aren't tolerating it as well. We look here in the United States, and we have um, Clarity C, which is uh, cyclosporin in the Clarity artificial tear that's compounded by Imprimis. And if you could do something that simply, Clarity C would have blown the, the lid off the marketplace. And Clarity C is nowhere. So but first of all, the, 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 everything is out about whether it's going to be effective. Everything is out about whether or not it's going to be uh, tolerated. And I'll, I'll give you some thoughts on the business part, Gary. You look like you're, you're ready to come out of your seat there. Yeah. So, well, one question is about Sequa. You know, Sequa is a product from Sun. And, you know, I feel like, I don't know what you think. I was chatting with, with, some, with some folks at Sun. And, you know, the question is, does generic restasis sort of, I think one of the indications to get Sequa is you have to ha have failed uh, cyclosporin product or failed, failed um, generic. And I think they have some easier access. I'm just wondering, do you think, do you think, I'm just curious, what do you think about CEQA in, in the so I, so I think field so, of cyclosporin? I think CEQA works. I think CEQA has an effective delivery system with their vehicle. It's totally different from the lipid emulsion. Uh, we know the, the micro encapsulation, um, the end cell encapsulation, where you've got a hydrophilic exterior that is covering a hydrophobic core. Cyclosporin, we know is hydrophobic, and it's kind of like a Trojan horse. It delivers it inside the castle walls and then releases it. Um, it's highly effective. It's, it's extremely well tolerated. I think in on the hoof, it is, you know, at least as effective as frequently with as few side effects and a similar side effect profile to restasis. What, what's your experience, Priya? Yeah, you know what? I have been so pleasantly surprised. In I'm glass half full, but you know, I'm also a little bit skeptical. And Gary, I had the same initial, you know, it's probably just going to be more expensive. Like why am I even, you know, spending my time? And I have to give some, some serious kudos for, I actually, I mean, the, the access to that drug has vastly improved over the last 12 to 18 months. I agree. I agree. And, 100%. Yeah. And it's that access that made me want to try it. Right. Because number one, I don't want phone calls back. And number two, you know, I don't want sticker shock at the pharmacy from the patients. And we work with a specialty pharmacy that, you know, has all the coupons, et cetera. And uh, the number of patients that have come back and said, oh yeah, I feel so much better now that I'm taking that. Um, and I find that it works faster than traditional branded restasis. And I so, agree. You know, I really don't consider, uh, you know, all cyclosporins are not created equal. All, you know, just like in with steroid molecules these days, you know, not all lodopredinol is created the same. Right. Um, and, all, and our drug delivery all, mechanisms matter. It's all delivery, right? It's all a delivery. Right. right. So I, I have the exact same uh, feeling about how Sun has increased the access. Gary, what you were describing is, is what, uh, I think Sun is predicting is going to happen because that's not really happening yet. In the marketplace, sadly, to Priya's point earlier, the price for the myelin 0.05% uh, cyclosporin in a lipid emulsion, which I'm calling phostasis, uh, the, the price of phostasis is $425, full stop. 
there is no contracting. There is no, they, you know, they, they have it in the marketplace, but as of yet, there's no, they're not on any of the formularies because all the contracts have been made. Now you've got pharmacies that are asking us to do substitutions already, but it's $425. If you have a, a plan that covers restasis, patients are typically paying between 40 and $80 for a one month supply. So right now, all you've got is another high cost option. And that's gonna be the case until we get into the next year's contracting. The big thing is what's gonna happen with Part D, with Medicare Part D. And Gary, I think that's where the Sun people, I think their prediction is gonna be accurate. I think you're gonna find all of the Part D providers are going to add a step. You have to go through the generic in order to get to any brand. So we're gonna have another step. Now, what's the best case scenario for us as doctors uh, uh, who are taking care of the Oculus service? Well, the best case scenario for us is that myelin knocks out of the park. The best case scenario is that their lipid emulsion delivers cyclosporine A effectively to the ocular surface tissues in such a way that they have an approximately the same onset of symptom relief and objective relief. That would be perfect. Under those circumstances, if there are true generic patients are going to spend less, we're going to have a smaller problem. Now, do I think that's going to happen? No, I think that that's wildly optimistic. I think that the, that the, the likelihood that's going to happen is very, very small. But we're all going to have to go through that, uh, through that, especially with Medicare Part D. Our hope, my hope, is that Allergan Abbey is going to continue to be super, super aggressive in their negotiations with PBMs and insurance companies. Sun's gonna continue to be super, super aggressive. And, and, and Novartis will get in the game, for goodness sakes. Um, now I know that they have been thwarted uh, with Medicare Part D and they've made some, you know, some, some inroads in the commercial marketplace. The name of the game is really Medicare Part D. And if having a generic is the key that opens up those negotiations, which is Sun's belief, then that means that in fiscal 2023, that we may be able to get to anything we want to get to going through that step therapy. Now, right. there aren't going to be any samples. You guys, have, you guys have read my dribble. You know that I'm an absolute uh, demon when it comes to samples. I want to give my patients something so that they're leaving my office with a sample okay? so that we can talk to them about how to take it, what to expect. Right. And by the time they get through all that stuff and it gets approved, then they're getting in and they've, they've already been on it for six weeks or eight weeks or 12 weeks or whatever. Right. It's not going to happen. Right. You know, you know thus far, again, uh, going to throw a bone to Allergan Abbey, they have not stopped sampling. They've stopped supporting from in terms of education and, and detailing and things of that sort, which is totally understandable. They wrote off the value of the asset in 2017. The asset has no value on the books at, at Allergan Abbey, but they're still sampling. Right. Novartis is sampling, you know, uh, Sun is sampling. We're not going to get sampling as far as I know from Mylan. Um, so, you know, is phostasis going to be a true restasis generic? I don't know. I'm, I'm actually cheering for it 
in that it will make all of our lives easier. Although, you know, Priya, it's, it's been a really long time for me in this part of the game, and I'm afraid that my glasses is decidedly. <laughs> yeah. Well, any final thoughts, Priya, on, on, on this or anything? No, you know what? I, I love all the topics from tonight, and I love that there's um, innovation and change, even in ocular surface disease. And, um, you know, this overlap, I think, is, is something that's special to us at Interventional Mindset. And so, you know, anytime we can get uh, three people in totally different practices and totally different, you know, interests and things to join in on a common topic, I think it's a good discussion. That's right. And agree. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, this has been Weekly Roundup from Interventional Mindset. Uh, Check us out online, and uh, we look forward to our next conversation. See ya. See ya.